Now, did y'all go to um, the Vatican again? Did you go to, or did you, Vatican City? Okay. I, I, I think she's Catholic. She's not Catholic. She they, uh, okay, 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 okay. okay. Uh huh. Right. Okay, I will. Continue on in uh, living the spirit-filled life. Uh, it's, it's been a slow process, so uh, you haven't missed a whole lot if you haven't been here in a little bit. Uh, but uh, we're, we're starting now into some more individualized things uh, in, that, uh, in that regard. We were looking at the life of Peter as kind of a foundation of living that spirit-filled life. And now we're going to look at some other things, um, not necessarily outside of Peter, but it kind of kind of goes along with it. Uh, but we want to um, uh, go to the Lord in prayer first of all, and uh, let's remember uh, those that are sick. Little Mary Tyler, let's remember her in our prayers. She's she's had abdominal surgery again, and uh, let's lift her up uh, in our in our prayers and um, ask for God's grace. Um, there's there's still a lot of COVID going around and a lot of sickness and all that stuff. It's going around, so pray for everybody. Our upcoming homecoming, don't forget about that. Be in prayer for that, uh, for God's touch and grace and mercy uh, in us. Uh, also, um, uh, well, this is not a prayer request, but uh, ladies, auxiliary tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock, because if I don't mention it when it's on my brain, it won't, it won't be mentioned again. Uh, so that'll be tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock, so remember that as well. Um, so does anybody have a, have a prayer need? I mean, I could, I, could, I could lay out a list of various things. But does anybody have a prayer that you have, uh, someone you want to pray about this evening? Yes, amen. 
God is good, isn't he? Always, always, always. Amen, amen. Anything, anything? All good? All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the day you have blessed us with. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and for your mercy. Thank you, God, for every, every richness and every goodness and every grace that you have extended, Lord, unto us. And follow the Lord as we lift up your name tonight. Lord Jesus, we also lift up our prayer needs. And Lord, there are many. But Lord, we do pray for little Mary Tyler tonight. God, she, she has had such a battle. And she has gone through so much. But God, we just pray, Lord, that you will touch. And Lord, that you will bless uh, her. Lord, we pray for uh, Billy Beasley. God, that you'll continue, Lord, to minister unto Billy. That Lord, that you will help him and be with him. And I thank you, Lord, that he is, he is, his eyes have been opened. He realizes that he must have you. And so, Father, Lord, we just give you praise for that. We pray, God, that you will, Lord, just help all of us together. And, Lord Jesus, bless us all together. Our homecoming is coming up, God, important day in our life of our church. And, God, you know what we're attempting to do. And, Lord, we've laid out our plans. And, God, we just ask that you will touch and, Lord, make our plans succeed. And Father, Lord, in whatever we need to tweak, whatever we need to do differently, Lord Jesus, show us along the way. And Father, Lord, thank you for everyone that has come tonight. Lord Jesus, bless them. Bless them for their coming. And Lord, may you minister, Lord, unto all of us together. We know, God, you are good. We know that you're righteous. We know that you're holy. We know, God, that you're everything unto us. God, continue, Lord, to touch our nation. Lord, this debacle in Washington is, is just such a crying shame of all that is going on. And not just in, in one area, but, Lord, in every sector. God, and they're, they're, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the final end is going to be in all of this. But, Lord Jesus, we need some good leadership in Washington, D.C. I mean godly leadership in Washington, D.C. Lord, people with the moral fiber, God, and Lord Jesus, but... But you, but Lord, you raise leaders up and you cause them to fall. And Father, Lord, we still know, we still know, despite all of these things, we still know that you're in control, you are in charge, and Father, Lord, you're going to have the final word and final say. And now, Lord Jesus, just touch all of our people, Lord, those that are sick among us, those we know about, those we don't know about. And God, may you touch and bless all of us. And now, Father, Lord, we surrender this by Bible study to you. Father, Lord, let it be everything it needs to be. And help us, Lord, by this to grow and mature and develop, Lord Jesus, in our lives. And Father, Lord, we will give you the praise. We will give you the honor. We will give you the glory for it all. In Jesus Christ, our Savior, we ask it. Amen and amen. Amen. Okay. So what we're going to start on tonight is uh, talking about walking in the Spirit Hearing God's voice. Uh, this I, I didn't realize it at the time. I knew where 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 what the next lesson was going to be, uh, but until I really got into it and 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 do it, I didn't realize uh, how similar it was going to be to Sunday sermon. <laughs> there, there's a lot of parallels in what I what I did Sunday morning uh, to, to to this lesson tonight. So maybe if you had any questions, maybe if you didn't understand what we're what 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 I was uh, trying. Trying to say Sunday morning, maybe the, the now would be a good time uh, to, to, to get some uh, answers uh, to, to some questions. Uh, so, uh, in some of this, let me go ahead and just give you this little 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 uh, 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 caveat too that um, that that some of this is very basic. I'm going, I'm really going down to some very basic foundational things, and so some of it's things that you know. Uh, you probably don't need to be told again, uh, but but we're, sometimes it doesn't hurt to go back to the foundation. It doesn't hurt to go back to the basics and rehearse those again. So with the very first thing, what we're going to do, I'm going to do this with a series of questions. And so we're going to do uh, the questions and then hopefully provide some answers along the way. So here's the first question. What is the primary tool God uses to speak to his people? The Bible. Absolutely. That is the primary tool God uses it is the Bible, which is I mean, that that is that is so foundational, uh, and I think people really misunderstand how important reading the scriptures are 
and uh, as, a, as a God. Now, can God speak to us audibly? Yes, he can. Can God speak to us through other people? Yes, he can. Uh, can God use even, even a donkey uh, to, speak, <laughs> to speak? Yes, he, he has, and he can. Uh, so God can use a lot of different means. But again, the, uh, the, the word here is primary. The, the, the first, the, 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 most, the most common way God speaks to us is through his word. And that's what makes the Bible different than any other book on the face of the earth. is because it is inspired by God. It was written through men, yes indeed, we're not going to take that away, written by men, uh, written over a period of about 1,500 years as far as we know, but yet it's still inspired by God. And the wonderful thing about it, unlike, and, and I know I've covered this in another class, but I'm going to say it again anyway, but, but, the, but the wonderful thing about the Bible to me is, as far as we know, and, and, and some of it we just don't know, some of it we just don't know, but as far as we know, there, there could have been as many as 40 authors of the Scripture written over a 1,500-year period. Now, the thing that is so unique, in my opinion, about the Bible, as opposed to, like, the Quran, uh, as opposed to other, and I'm just going to use the Quran because that's, that's where I'm more familiar, uh, but there's others, other religions have their sacred text. Sometimes they call it. They have their writings that have been written. But what is so unique about the Bible is even though it was written over a long period of time, it was written by a number of different authors, the continuity of the Bible is just unparalleled. I mean, there is such a continuity from the beginning all the way to the end. And look, only the power of God can do that. Only the power of God can weave all that together, bring it all together so it all makes sense. Now I say, well, it all makes sense. There's some of it still doesn't make sense. But for, for, and for the most part, we can understand it and we can have clarity about God's plan and God's purpose. So this brings me to the next question. How should we approach the Bible as a tool to hear the voice of God? Again, these are just foundational things. First of all, uh, I mean, I mean, this is just this is just this isn't rocket science here. Uh, you can't. The Bible can't speak to you if you don't read it. <laughs> that, 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 that's just that that it, it, God's going to be silent to you if you don't ever pick up His Word and you don't read it. Uh, so, so, so Bible reading is important. I know I keep emphasizing. I know I keep mentioning it. I know I keep talking about it. You know, however you read the Bible. Uh, you know, I, I, I like a, I, I'm a systematic person. I like things in order. So I read the Bible systematically. That means I've got a system uh, of reading. Uh, you know, if, you, if, if you're one that, that doesn't care much about systematic stuff and process and all that stuff, that, that's fine. Hey, if you just like to just open it up and read what is, whatever's in front of you, that's all right, too. As long as you read it. But if you don't read it, God can't speak to you. Okay? And then, this is, this is something very important. If you don't read the Bible and you hear something you think is God's voice telling you something, what measuring stick do you have to determine if it is based in truth or not. See, that's the reason you need the Bible. There's some people say, well, I don't need to read the Bible. The Holy Spirit speaks to me. No, you better read the Bible. Holy Spirit can speak to you, but let me tell you, Holy Spirit can speak to you better if you know the Bible, if you've read the Bible. So, so, so Bible reading is very, very important. Also, study, not, not only read it, but to study the Bible, to learn its content and its meaning. Now, again, if I've said, and I've already said this evening, I, there's, there's still portions of the Bible I still don't understand. There's, there, there are statements I read, I, I scratch my head, and I think, Lord, I, I, I'm never going to get this. I, I, you know, I, every time I think I've got a handle on it, and I don't have a handle on it, and something else comes up. Uh, but, but, but nevertheless, we have to study, we have to learn what's in the Bible, 
and try to come to some meaning. I think this is the reason these, these, these Bible studies like this is important. Evidently, a lot of people don't think it's important, but you think it's important. And I think it's important, and it is important. But as we, we study together, we read together, we look at God's Word together to try to find some meaning to it. Also, memorize. Now, I know most of us are um, more on the golden side. <laughs> I don't know who come up with the golden years, but I'm telling you what, they want, they want golden when they got it, when they thought about it. Uh, that's, that's right. But, so I know, I know it's harder for us to memorize the scripture. It is, it is for me. But let me tell you, memorizing scripture is is one of the best things you can ever do for yourself. Even if you can't memorize just full passages, if you can memorize phrases and things out of the Word of God where they stick with you, uh, that, that, that's getting to my problem. Not, it, don't, it don't stick <laughs> like it used to. But I'm so glad over the years the, the, the scriptures I've memorized and the things I've memorized and so, therefore, when you put it in you, then the Holy Spirit can pull it out of you. So, if you don't put nothing in there, what has he got to pull out? Right? So, so, so memorization is important. I think, you know, and we've gotten in the school system, and we've, I think we've got away from it in the church. Now, when I, was, when I was a kid growing up, and we had Sunday school, and we had those things like that, you know, one of the things that was emphasized to us and, you know, I, 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 y'all remember we had the chart and the star. Did y'all ever do that? You know, you got a star. You know, you memorize the scripture. You got a star for it. Um, you know, I, I think about how important that is. As a child, I didn't, I didn't grab the significance of it. It's only after I got saved, and it was in my uh, early adult years. Once I got saved, then I realized how important it was to memorize scripture. And I am so glad now that I memorized what I did, even though it's harder now. But I still try to put, commit Scripture to memory and, uh, because it's important. Also, another thing, and I think this is, uh, this, this, this is important, is to quote the promises of God to affirm a, a conviction and an expectation. Now, again, that's where memorizing the Scriptures comes in handy. If you memorize the Scripture then you can speak his word. When you're in a situation, you can speak. The Bible says. The word says. Jesus said. And so what it does, it, 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 it brings that sense of conviction. You believe God's word. You're standing on God's word. And this expectation that God is going to do something. I mean, that simple phrase out of the Scripture, by His stripes we are healed. That's Isaiah 53. By His stripes we are healed. That comes out of the writings of Peter. Now, it's stated two different ways, but kind of the same thing. If God be for us, who can be against us? I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord is my shepherd. I mean, if you don't remember nothing else, if you can't remember the next six verses, that one phrase, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pasture. I, I won't go to you. But, 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 but those things, when you get in a situation and, and, and you, need, you need to stand upon the conviction of God's word, that is so important. Speak it. Speak God's word. There's power in the spoken word of God. And then when the opportunity arises, present the truth of the Bible to other people. So, therefore, when you study the scriptures, you read the scriptures, and somebody comes up to you, or you get in the conversation, and they start asking you questions, uh, you don't have to do uh, what Cheryl says. Oh, just a minute. I got my pastor on speed dial. Let me, let, me, let, me call, let me call him and talk to him and see what he says about it. So, no, you can have the conversation 
about it. You can, you can say, well, this is my understanding. This is what I, what I glean uh, from the Word of God. And so when you have an opportunity to present God's truth, which is, which is very important as part of, part of witnessing. So these are, these, are, these are things that are so important about hearing God's Word uh, and letting God's Word speak to us in certain situations. Okay, so now what is the most essential attitude we should have when approaching the Bible? Okay, now to answer this question, I'm not going to answer it right, right off the bat, but to answer this question, uh, we're going to look at two passages of Scripture. One comes from, from James. The first one comes from James chapter 1, verses 21 through 25. He says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Now, now when we go, we're going we're gonna, to, uh, uh, in just a moment, we're going to dissect that a little bit. And then the second comes out of Romans. Uh, chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So I think when approaching the Bible, the most important attitude we should display is the attitude of hearing. That's one thing that, that when, I was, when I was teaching at, through Heritage and teaching young men and women uh, in preaching, one of the, one of the things we spent, we, we spent uh, a number of sessions in that sermon preparation class where I would just take, I'd, 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 I'd give them passages of Scripture. And I'd say, okay, let's read this and tell me what you here. I remember there's one student. I had him, I had him to read, read it out loud. And every time he read it, he read the scripture wrong. The words were on the page. And he'd read it. I said, You didn't read it again, you didn't read it right. He read it again. There was one word. He was, mis he, was, he, was mis he was replacing a word for the word that was there. I said, you didn't read it right. I said, read it again. He read it a third time. Still missed it the third time. I said, you didn't get it right. Dr. Butts! I'm reading. I'm reading what's on the page. I said, no, you're not. You're not reading what's on the page. You're reading what you've heard somebody say about what's on the page. That's what you're doing. You are not reading that word. I said, read it again. And read what's on the page. And when he got to that place, he stopped. Oh. I got you. See, that's so often we approach the Word of God. We hear what a preacher told us about it. That's the reason I realize how important my role is. I've realized that what I teach you is important. Because if I don't teach you rightly, then I can mislead you and lead you in the wrong direction. When we hear what Sunday school teachers taught us, what grandma, grandpa, if they were, if they were Christians, read the Bible to you, talked about the Bible to you. And so, so we hear, we hear what's said about it, 
we don't we hear often we don't hear what it says. And so we have to learn. That's what I try to teach teach my students, and I'll teach you the same thing. Is is you got to you got to learn to hear what God's word is saying. Because it will speak. I, I, it will speak loud and clear. And, uh, and so, so hearing is the attitude that we need to have when it comes uh, to the Word of God. Now, there's two dimensions of hearing that, that, that we find in, in these passages. First, a person's willingness to be changed by what he or she has heard. Now, notice what, what James said. He said, don't be just a hearer. Now, he didn't say don't hear the word. He said, don't be just a hearer of the word, but he said be a doer. In other words, you got to take the word and put it into practical application. Right? So, so first, there, there, you've got to be willing, when you read the word of God, you got to be willing to be changed by what you've heard. Uh, that that is that is one of the premises, and that's one reason I, 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 I I'm glad the church before I came was supporting Gideon's, and that's the reason I, I continue to support that because that really is the premise of Gideon's. You put the word of God in people's hands, let them read it, and let let the Spirit of God speak to to them. And, and, and that's what often happens. People pick up that Bible often in desperation. And they hear, they hear something out of that word that, that forever changes their life. I mean, there's testimony. We, we hear this often, you know, year after year. Somebody goes into a, to a, to a hotel room with the intent of committing suicide. They open the drawer... There is the Bible. They take it out. They open it up. Now, isn't that something? How the Spirit of God can even lead you to where you need to open it up to. And they can read something in there that tells them that God loves them and God's got a plan for their life. God has got a purpose for them. Now, that's the work of God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but if you ever stay, and the reason, I, 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 it's just brought back to my memory, uh, because we, when we went to Seattle, we stayed in a Marriott. It was not a Marriott hotel, but it's Fairfield, which is a Marriott on the Marriott. Now, if you go to any hotel that is, uh, that is owned by Marriott, you will, you will find two Texts in their in their in their nightstands. You will find the Bible, and guess what else you'll find? The Book of Mormon, because the Mary are Mormon. So yeah, and I and I and I had forgotten that when we stayed, I opened the nightstand, and there was there there was the Bible, and there was the Book of Mormon. So you 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 said both. Yes, sir. Um, that's a, that's a good, that's a good question. <clears throat> educationally, <laughs> I'm going to give you an educational answer. Educationally, we are taught that a person retains better if they see something, if they hear something, and then they also do something with what they hear. Or write it. Say, write it down. So, um, you, you can't... You can't listen to it if you don't hear it. So to me, first of all, you've got to hear it. But you've got to have a willingness to listen to what you hear.
Doesn't that make any sense? So, oh. Well, I, I, actually, I, and I think it goes back to what I said. When you, when, you, when you hear it and you also read it, or if you're listening to it, the most effect, I'll agree with you. That's one reason I don't listen to audio stuff very much. Because my mind is wondering too many different places. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about... Uh-huh. Exactly. That, 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 that's, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I'm I'm an advocate of reading it, not just not just listening. Oh, I need that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And sometimes now I don't recommend I don't recommend this. For everybody, I don't make it all the time. But there's something to me. Now, this is this is personal. But is sometimes I just sit down and read the Bible out loud. There's something about looking at the words on the page, reading them out loud, and listening to what is there. So sometimes that is, especially if, if I'm struggling with a passage of Scripture, I, I often will, will read it out loud so I can hear the words. Because I have a tendency, I, I tell you, if I'm in a hurry, which is quite often most of my life, if I'm re- I, I, I do a lot of skim reading. When I read a book, I do a lot of skim reading. I, I don't read every word that's on there. I don't, but I try not to do that with the Bible because it is, the, the Bible's different. Uh, so that's one reason sometimes I will just stop and just read it out loud because it just forces me to listen a little, a little more to it. Okay? Well, good. Did we get to the heart of what you were asking, Sam? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, and I, I I can, uh, a Bible program that I have, uh, uh, Logos, which is a great Bible uh, program. It's expensive as I'll get out. I I, I bought it later in my, later, I wish I could have had it the first of my ministry. But I bought it later because that's the only time I could afford it. I couldn't, I couldn't afford it when I was a, when I was a young man because it, it is expensive. It's a great tool, uh, but uh, but but they they have where you can where you can play. You can you can listen to the word. I I never use it. Uh, I like the I like the pronunciation because when there's words I'm struggling with that you can they, you can hit the pronounce and it pronounces the word for you. Uh, so that's a, that's a good thing. That's, that, that's a whole different thing. Anyway, anyway, let me let me move on. So a person's willingness to be changed by what he or she hears is 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 important. And then there is also a living faith. And uh, and and so in that in that in that living in that living faith, um, it. it there's a statement that, and I, I, I can't remember who wrote this, but it's, it's not mine, so I, I won't lay claim to it. But he's, the person who wrote this said, In short, our willingness to be changed by the word of God's truth determines our ability to see things changed around us by the power of applying the word's promises. So, so we, we have to, is, is, and I think it goes back, what James says, don't be just hearers of the word, but be doers. That's where the living faith comes in. That you do what God says. Now, sometimes that, that, is, that is tough. Go ahead and tell you. Sam, it rolls off the tongue real easy. You know, forgive those 
who need forgiving. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Sometimes that gets hard. I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just being transparent, just being honest. Sometimes, sometimes that, 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 gets, that, that, gets, that gets hard. You know, um, Uh-huh, uh-huh. That, that's, that, that, that's right, that's right. That actually comes out of Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's really that golden rule, doing to others. You know, that's right, yeah. Do, do it, do it, uh, doing to others. How does it go? As, as you would have them doing to you. Um. Well, you know, there's some people that'll do you. <laughs> yeah, let's just be honest. There's just some people that will just do you, and uh, so 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 sometimes that that is that is hard. But but the whole essence of that is just being kind. Being kind when it's hard to be kind. That that a lot. And, that's right. That's no matter how they treat you. Um, in that same vein, because it goes in the same Sermon on the Mount, um, th- this thing, if, if somebody comes and requires your, 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 your coat, that's right, your cloak, give them your coat. So give them not just what they ask for, give them more than that. If somebody slaps you on the left cheek, give them your right cheek, but not... That's hard for somebody to come up and slap, slap putting out of you and just say, okay, give me the other side too, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that, Art. Once you, once you turn both cheeks, then you can get on her head. That's, that's, you know? <laughs> that's right, that's right. You know, but so you get my point. You, you know, some of the things the scriptures tell us that we are to do become very difficult. So it becomes a conscious decision we have to make to be obedient to the Word of God or not to be obedient. And so that's where this living faith comes in, and we have to exercise. And then, uh, so, so in, in that, let's look at that. Let's turn our attention to Mark chapter, chapter 4, verses 21 through 25. <clears throat> he says, uh, and he said to them, Is the lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lamp, lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret but that, that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. So let's, um, so let's, let's look at this. What does this statement of Jesus as recorded in the Gospel of Matthew teach us about hearing God's word? Okay. One must first be a genuine listener. You must... You must, you must listen. Because, you know, there, there, is, there, is a, a, there is a difference between hearing and listening. How many of you that are married have ever had your spouse to say to you, you're not listening to me, are you? <laughs> no, I'm hearing every word you're saying. <laughs> But no, I'm not listening. Everyone's going to say that because I'm, I'm in another world. 
You're not listening to me, are you? No, ma'am, I'm not. <laughs> I just, I just be honest. No, I, I'm not. I, I chewed you out a long time ago. I hadn't heard a word you said. But so, but but uh, that may have been a poor illustration. <laughs> but, but but there, you can hear things. You know, sometimes uh, I, what I want to say to some people is you don't have a hearing problem. You've got a listening problem. It's not that you don't hear. You hear, but you're not listening. And there's a big difference between hearing and listening, what's being said. And so, first we have to be genuine listeners. Not just hearing, listening to it. Now, the blessing of hearing and the consequences of not hearing. So this is, uh, this is one thing we see in this passage of Scripture. To the one who hears, more will be given. Why do you think that's true? The one who hears, and I think in, implicit here is listens, the more will be given. Why do you think that's true? Parable of the sower. How so, Sam? That's right. That's the... Because if you really hear and listen to the Word of God and become a doer of God's Word, that's obedience. When you're obedient, God will give you more. When you're disobedient, not so much. So the one who does not hear, to the one who does not hear, what he or she has will be taken away. So if you're disobedient, you're, you, you don't hear it, you don't be obedient, so then, therefore, what you do have, he's going to take away from you. That's, that, that, that's the whole implication of this. And then in Mark chapter 4, let's, let's, we, 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 go, we go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the beginning of Mark chapter 4. And we see a little more there out of this chapter. He said, again, he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and said, in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, listen. Now, if you read into King James, this is New King James, uh, but if you read the King James, the word that is used there is hearken. That's the word that's used, hearken, listen. Behold, a sower went out to sow. Now, that's, that's as far as we're going to go. We're not going to read, read through the parable. But listen to what I'm saying. So here's some lessons to be learned here in, in this. Every time God's word is heard or read, we are accountable to him for that privilege. So whenever... If it's on an audio tape, it's a preaching, it's a teaching session, on TV, radio, whatever. Every time you are given the opportunity to hear God's word, then you become accountable to that privilege. And every time we hear a sermon or open the scriptures, our assignment is to tune our souls to a readiness to be shaped, taught, corrected, or advised. Hmm. Very important. As Paul said to young Timothy in his second letter, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God or the woman of God or the person of God may be complete Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, 
Now, now notice, I'm going I'm to go, I sound like I'm just sort of skipping around here. But going back to what, 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 what we find in Mark's gospel, we also find the same thing in all the other gospels. Jesus used parables. And so the question is, why did Jesus employ parables as a method of teaching people the principles of his kingdom? Because he often did. The kingdom of God is like the sower, the parable of the sower that we started, uh, we, we didn't read through. That was a parable Jesus taught. So, <clears throat> we, so, we, so we look here, it says, but when he was alone, now, after he gave the parable, the disciples went back to Jesus where everybody else has gone away. And, he's, he, uh, and uh, so, so when it's alone, those around him uh, with the 12 ask him about the parable. What, you know, what, what, what is this? What is you talking about? And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables. Okay, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Now, I don't expect you to remember, but that was part of Sunday sermon out of Isaiah. The message that he gave to Isaiah to declare to the nation of Israel was, you are a people to have ears, but you do not hear. You have eyes to see, but you do not comprehend. And here Jesus is using that same, 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 same thing here in relationship to these parables. Now, Again, this this is this, this is a little bit difficult, and uh, so I'm hoping I can I, I can help you with this. So the question is, what is a parable? Somebody give me a good definition of parable. A parable is a different way of telling something. Okay. I mean, I can't give you a definition. Okay. Very good. Actually, we, we find that a a, uh, a a parable. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to make sure. I'm not, okay. The simplest definition of a parable is this: it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Now, let's go back to the parable of the sower. Just to demonstrate the point. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a sower who went out to sow his fields. And as he was sowing the seed, some fell on Okay, hard was first. Some fell on the hard ground. Some fell on, I heard stony ground. Some fell into thorny ground. And some fell on the good soil, fertile. The hard soil is because in those days, there were right-of-ways through the fields. And so these were pathways. They were hard. They were trodden. And uh, they, were not, they were not cultivated. And so when, the, so when the seed was sown, those that fell on the hard ground what happened? The birds came and picked them up, took it away. But then there was also that fell on the stony ground. In, in, in Israel, that part of the country, there is a limestone base there. And in some parts, the soil is so thin because of the limestone shelf there. And so when the seed goes in there, it springs up very quickly. But then when the heat of the day comes on in the dry season, because it does not have any root, 
it quickly withers away. Then some fell into thorny soil. It was really, you know, it's amazing. Now, now I, I, I garden, any of you to garden. It's a wonderful that spring of the year or whenever you're planting, spring of the year, you go cut that up, and boy, that ground looks so wonderful. You don't see a weed. You don't see a piece of grass. You don't see nothing, and you, 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 you get it all ready, and it's just pretty, and it's black, and it smells good, and you plant that seed in there, and it comes up, but lo and behold, what comes up with it? A weed. A weed. It's there. And some places are more weedy than other places. <laughs> right? That's right. And so what happens, the weeds choke out the good seed. And it dies. But then there's some that falls into good ground. And it comes up. And this, this, this is what, this is, I think this is sometimes missed, but I think it's very important. And some, and, and, and the seed, now it's the same seed, it's the same ground, but some produces 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. Isn't that amazing how you have a garden? And I think that's one reason I, think, I, I love gardening, because it, it, it so parallels so many things in the Scripture. You can have two rows side by side. Same plant bought them from the same place. Same seed bought from the same place. One row will do better than the other row. Did the same thing. I mean, you, you put the same amount of fertilizer, same amount of care, you did the same thing, but one row will produce more than the other row. So, and so then when the, when, the, when the disciples came back to Jesus said, Jesus, we don't understand that. What are, what are you talking about? So he took something that was typical. And matter of fact, when he, when, he, when he told the story, I don't know. Now, it doesn't tell us in the Scripture. It, it, I, I have this vision. Now, I have this, this imagery. When Jesus is telling, there's, there's somebody, there's a sower out there sowing his plot of ground. And he said, the seed is like the Word of God. It's sown, sometimes the word falls on hard hearts. And the devil is like those birds. He just comes and swoops it up and takes it away. But then there's others. It's like the word is sown into stony hearts. They quickly receive the word of God. But then the cares and the riches of this world. Now that was that was the, that was the thorn infested. But oh no, he said. But because they do not take deep root, when times of persecution and trials come, they quickly fade away. Then those there's those hearts that are just crowded. By the cares of this world, the riches, the deceitfulness of riches. The word springs up, but then it gets choked out by this worldliness that they've never dealt with in their life. He said, but then there's some good hearts. And they produce some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Parables. So that's what a parable is. A parable is an earthly story that has a heavenly application to it. It's a great way of teaching. That's, that's one reason I love, I, I don't do it, you know, I don't do it all the time, but I, that's, I love to bring visuals in because I'm a visual person. If it helps me to understand, I hope it helps other people. So that's the reason I come to just bring these visuals in. Some, some they get a kind of elaborate, but it brings the visuals in. So it helps just visualize what we're talking about. Same, same, same thing. So, so what is the promise to those who truly hear God's voice? And, and this is where, where, where parables is going to play, play into this. When we truly, just like the parable of the sower, 
when we truly hear, listen to, hear God's word, do God's word, then we are fruit-bearing. Our lives bear fruit. Oh, I need to go back. I need to go back a little bit. There's still something in, in, in there. In, in, this, in this idea of the parable, when Jesus taught, when, when Jesus taught using parables, he said, I'm giving you these parables because you will have the understanding. But there's some folks, they hear the parable and they won't understand it. It is almost like Jesus is saying, we have determined there's some people that's not going to hear it. And I guess you could read it that way, you can interpret it that way. But when you do that, what do you do with, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life? That's right. It's just like in Jesus' day, just like in our day. Just like in the days of Isaiah. There are those who saw the work of God, see the work of God, and there are those that will grab hold of it. But then there's those that will hear and see and will not. Now, does that mean that they have been predetermined, they're eternally damned? There are those who interpret it that way. And it could be that. But I think it has more to do with the fact there's some people who are so blinded they just refuse to see the truth when it's right there before them. That's right. They refuse to believe. Just like in Jesus' day. It's not, it's not that they, it's not that they, from eternity, they were eternally condemned and going to be damned to hell. No matter what they do, they're not going to get saved. And no matter what, what other people do, they're going to be saved. And, you know, you have no choice in it. I don't think, I think, I think it comes down to a choice. And people refuse, there's just some people who absolutely and completely will not hear it. That, 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 that's, I, I can't do this. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. And look, for those of you that are genuinely Christian, and I believe that's all of you, but I those of you that are genuinely Christian, what have you given up by serving the Lord? What have you really given up? I haven't given up nothing. Now, does that mean I do what the world does? No. Does that mean I live like the world lives? No. Does that mean I think I can do anything I want to do any way I want to do it? I still have fun. I just don't have hangovers anymore. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to have that. I don't have to have a drink in my hand to make me feel good. That, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't... Pardon me. What is your idol? Now, are there, I say I have a gift. There's some things I had to give up. But have I missed it? No. That's right. There's a void that he fills and gives to us. So, I, 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 you know, that's the reason I tell people, I highly recommend the Christian life. Because you ain't missing nothing. That's right. 
That's right. You, 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 you ain't missing nothing. And not only that, but I tell you what I am missing. Hell, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to miss hell. <laughs> right. And I'm going to have eternity in the presence of the Almighty God. And what is in this world worth missing Jesus for? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. If I, could, if I could drive that one point home to people, I think I would be finally successful in my, in my ministry. Anyway, so, so, so it, it all comes down to fruit bearing. When we were going back to this one, what is the promise of those who truly hear God's voice? We bear fruit. Fruits of righteousness, fruits of holiness, fruits of goodness, fruits of kindness, fruits of love, fruits of peace. You remember? There's nine fruits of the Spirit. There's nine spiritual gifts. And we're eventually going to get there. <laughs> one day, we're going to get there. Okay. All right. Well, we got, we, 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 we got to wrap it up. This is it. Uh, so this is hearing God's Word. Next week, we'll have another lesson. Uh, that's not the same, but in the same vein. Okay? God bless you. Thank you for coming tonight, and the Lord be with you. Amen. Amen. Hey, Terry, I need to speak to you just a second.